With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to this episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast with Biggs and Lance. Well, for a look behind the curtain, normally before our show, the day before, the days before, even the morning of, I'll send my co-host, as you know, you love her, Florida State's own Stephanie Lens, the agenda of what we're going to talk about. What I didn't send her was the first thing I'm going to talk about as calmly and with restraint and deference. Am I the only person that is really sick of a fucking squad, or is it just just me? <laughs> no, it is not just you. Um, I was thinking about the squad this morning. I was writing and listening to some. Um, I take my kids to school for a change. Listening to some left wing radio, like you do, and they're tired of the squad. And it came down to this. There was some, you know, back and forth, and it kind of came down to, you know, I get that this is a place where they can make a protest vote because it's kind of assured. But why are you making a protest vote? Why are you protesting against the very stuff that you campaigned on? You know, are you going to go with the golden shovel and break ground somewhere and still say, oh, I voted against it? But here it is just like the Republicans who voted against it. So, you know, they're not really contributing to the discussion. They are contributing to the Dems in disarray illusion. Um, you know, they're kind of working for the Republicans at this point, and they and candy cane potato chips can fuck right off. Oh, my God, yes. I saw a thing with uh, <laughs> you just retweeted candy cane. We'll get to that later, but I want to kind of break down the squad in parts. First, Please do. Blanket Jackson here. Um, AOC, I just don't understand why li- she literally does these IG live because her fans, first of all, you're not supposed to be a politician with fans. You're supposed to be constituents or supporters, not fucking fans. You're famous because people told yeah. you are stupid ass fan anyway. And she's trying to explain it. And she's just lying. Just, and just, just, Sandy over here is just, I don't, I don't give her appeal. 
she hasn't she hasn't seen one of her bills laws get through committee. Not one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Literally, like literally, doctor do nothing. <laughs> Meanwhile, spending our hundred and seventy four grand on like photo opportunities and you know. Uh, Twitter glibness. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I'm sorry, like, it is astonishing to watch an unaccomplished politician garner so much attention. And what is your take on the rep from New York? Uh, which one? Uh, uh, Cortez or uh, yes. Bowman? <laughs> We'll go with yeah, Cortez first and leave Jamal Bowen's stupid ass <laughs> a little later on. Well, um, you know, I mean, for as much as I would be down with them because, you know, I want people, representatives who are people of color, who are women, to hold office and do the things that they do. But they're not doing. And they're just kind of, you know, making it worse. We're talking about, you know, like, they want Medicare for all. Great. Um, you know, they they're going to have this, you know, child care stuff and, you know, all these things that are coming in this bill and you're against it. It's like, okay, well, if you can't get the whole, you get nothing. I don't understand how that works. You know, you take something, you know, it's just, you know, if you can't have the whole pizza, you won't take a slice. It makes no sense to me at all. Um, None of them make any sense. And then she seems to be the de facto leader of the squad because she's the most visible on social media. But when it comes down to it, her social media is either critical of what Democrats are doing or nothing. It's just kind of fluffy nonsense. And it's like if you were a social media manager at a company and you were putting out the kind of content that she's putting, you'd lose your position because you're kind of going against what the company is standing for. It's not a question of questioning it or wanting it to be better. It's just, no, we're we're not down with that. And casting a protest vote and and then the, the rest of your stuff is your personal nonsense that you know, you're doing nothing to kind of bolster the far farther left progressive ideal you're just kind of doubling down on nothing and it doesn't make any sense to me so you know i like i've said before i'd say again any of these six folks could i sit down with them at a table and, and share a cup of coffee and talk some shit yeah i could do that but when it comes to them doing their job, I'm glad none of them represent me because I'd be up their asses about it. I mean, it is. And the fact that AOC likes to talk about racial justice when she's asked about reparations, she literally comes out mm-hmm. with the phrase, who is black? Me! I'm black! There are millions of black fucking folks out here. You don't really have mm-hmm. to ask. We're kind of evident. We exist. Who is black? Who the fuck are you to sit there and judge the racial purity? What? I'm like, oh no, no, that was that was early on. I was like, nope. And on her first day in office, she decided to join a little protest at Speaker Pelosi's office. But Nancy Pelosi didn't walk out and smack her in the mouth and ask what the fuck is going on. Like, yeah, uh, I I can't figure it out. I I don't know, and it really shows a lot of disrespect for the speaker. On top of that, not just that first day stunt, but the stuff that's gone on since with these six folks. 
they they keep doing things that kind of fly in the face of her authority instead of being respectful of her authority. There are plenty of newer, younger Congress people who are, you know, sitting back, closing their mouths, opening their eyes and ears, and learning what to do to govern and to make the lives of their constituents better. These folks don't seem to be doing it. And I really hope that they would. I think that's part of it. I think the disappointment is a big part of why I feel the way I feel about them. Now, we move on from her to Rashida Tlaib. Now, Rashida Tlaib is interesting. She represents a section mm-hmm. of Detroit, which is there's a black community there. She voted against mm-hmm. the infrastructure bill when right there in her <laughs> state, you know, some some of this bill is going go to oh, some of this bill is going to go to like really pipe some of these cities. Flint fucking Michigan mm-hmm. is right there. You talk yeah. all this big ass game about you know clean water. Guess what? They want to install pipes to ensure clean water. And your dumbass is sitting up here like, well, and they they asked her why. She literally said, I kept my promise. I'm sorry. If you ask me why I fuck somebody over, I'm not going to quote or paraphrase Evita. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just waiting for Madonna to stand at the fucking uh, balcony and, you know, with her hand outstretched. It is. <laughs> she, she doesn't is want a, clean water. It, it's exactly. crazy. She's a squad's dumb friend, basically. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, she's the one they picked last for, like, uh, categories or uh, cranium or some shit. She's, she's the one last picked on game night. They won't take her she's to bar wrong. trivia. Yes. <laughs> they won't take her to bar trivia. But then you have Elan mm-hmm. Omar. Like, I'm just going to just say one more. Anti-Semitic. Like, straight up. Like, you choose sides and, you know, and we can't blame both Palestine and Israel for bombing each other since they've been bombing each other for the longest time. I'm sorry. There are kids on both sides who don't have family, schools, or current living conditions because of the other party. I wish that we never got involved. But for her to sit there and just constantly just try it and just, no, just, no, you no. You are in a super safe district. But mm-hmm. I just, I can't. Now, yeah, and don't Ayanna, don't forget she sorry. also had to pay back she had to pay back some campaign finance money once upon a time too. Yes. Seriously, like she's writing political fiction while mm-hmm. grifting Stephen King over here. Um And we're already fundraising off of this protest. I know it's not a protest, but there's another word for it, but I can't think of what it is, but they're already fundraising off of it, so that was ready to go. Yep, that stupid picture. And it is... Ayanna Presley is the one that disappoints me most. You know what? Because I think I had the greatest hopes for her. Uh Mm Uh-huh. I mean, and like the old saying, sometimes it is your own people. Goddamn. I was like, okay, you know, this is why I was willing to give the squad a shot. Like, because, you know, she's going to... She's going to be good. You know, she's just... And then she's out here... Providing cover for uh, Mimo at one of these rallies. Nope, you have fucked up. You have gotten in with these folks, and they have decided to, you know, 
between anti-Semitism, the anti-blackness, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You, this is who you throw your lot in with. Make it make sense. Yeah, the um, eviction moratorium was where I kind of gave up because I, I just kept holding out hope for her, and I really was um, like when she went public about is it alopecia that she has? It was like you know that's really brave, and I'm really down with that, and you know. Um, it, it, there's just a lot of stuff that she's done that I'm, I feel a little bit more empathetic with her, and I'm not sure what it is, but I think that it be, is because I expected a great deal from her. Like, she's the one who filed the resolution um, for impeachment hearings against Kavanaugh. She was always really outspoken about um, his nomination and stuff, so I thought that maybe she would do, and she has done. You know, there, there are things that she's done. She's introduced some criminal justice stuff. Um, decriminalizing uh, consensual sex work, abolishing cash bail, stuff like that, that, you know, she's she's doing some work, unlike some of her colleagues. But the eviction moratorium, it's like, you know, you could, instead of sleeping on the Capitol steps, you could, you know, introduce a resolution. You could do things that you were already experienced in doing. Why don't you guys get together and do something about it? And now here we are, um, you know, that happened in, what, July, and here we are where the eviction moratorium is about to end and a bunch of people are about to get kicked out of their houses all across the country. In, from that, from that, yeah, from that time to this, something could have been put forward and something could have been done, but they didn't do. And I just keep coming back to they don't do, they don't do, they don't do. And that the inaction is what is the most frustrating to me. It is because they, they, they chose a path and chose wrong. Another person is, I gotta talk about Jamal Bowman. Jamal Bowman. Jamal Bowman is one of the newer squad members and he should have seen the writing on the wall when AOC decided to say that she wanted to primary Hakeem Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Like, bruh. She just tried to, she, she threatened to primary another black member of the Democratic Party. The fuck are you mm-hmm. thinking? And you just sit there and just, just, Happy, just sitting in the in in the pictures, cheesing, just big ass smile. Do you not realize that you cross them or get on the wrong side? They will primary your black ass in a heartbeat, bro. They 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 don't yeah. care. They won't give a fuck. They, you, you're replaceable. You are seriously second Darren from Bewitched. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah, asking. He's a dick sergeant to this. Exactly. You're asking go at any time. And they fail to grasp that. And Corey Bush was just to run up the squad, just she literally lives in St. Louis and there are people dying in St. Louis on the streets because of violence. Why not do something to help the people of your city instead of helping say instead of voting against St. Louis infrastructure where that city needs infrastructure every city the infrastructure, but Got bridges, mm-hmm. got highways that are shit. But yeah, nope. Yeah. I'm gonna vote a no because I wanna sit there and look cool from our friends. What they don't understand is this. Here's the thing. When I was six years old, my father sat me down and had this talk. I went to a school in the suburbs. I lived in the hood. Father sat me down on the porch and said, Boy, we need to have a talk. What you do, what they do, you can't do. Because the consequences are going to be different for you than them, that they are white people. For Cory Bush, that them are people from deeper blue 
seats. And also, mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. AOC's from Yorktown ish. So, and you got folks like that. You got Ayanna Press, like, Cory Bush needs to realize that St. Louis is not going to put up with her bullshit. They're not. They will not put up with it. The fact that she has made herself a target as far as attention, fuck around. I mean, it is. And she literally just signed on. She's just, for lack of a better term, the Ted McGinley of all this. Just you know when things are going to go sideways when you see Ted McGinley show up <laughs> on your, your program. And the squad to me is just, it's not even, it's past reprehensible. It's just like, y'all are adults. And you decide to play fast and loose with people's lives. And I I, I just can't. But when we come back, we can. And we're going to go down the educational route when we come back because people have decided to start in terms of fucking school. So you are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast with Biz and Lens on the Full First Coverage Radio Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast with Biggs and Lens. I am Biggs. She's always Lens. Stephanie, uh, Barry Weiss has decided to start a college in Austin, Texas. I need to read this to you before I flip my shit and just laugh, and you will have, like, 45 minutes of me laughing. I. <laughs> so, basically, it's this. This is her tweet. Mary, many exciting things about this announcement. First of all, Peter Bogosian, uh, other folks are founding faculty fellows of the University of Austin. They said, we can't wait for universities to fix themselves, so we're starting a new one. They could have contributed some of this money to an HBCU, but we'll get to that part. Barry Weiss had decided to start a school. Barry Weiss. And somebody tweeted, if the, somebody tweeted a question, do you offer degrees? We do not confer degrees at the moment. Yep. You went to Florida State. I'm sure that you're, I'm guessing your degree is in a place of prominence in your house somewhere. It's around here somewhere. It's in a frame. I'll put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. We've, yeah. And, and same with my husband's. His is not displayed, but it's framed and it's somewhere in a box. Exactly. <laughs> when I when I choose the HBC I'm going to go to, mine will be in a frame because they mm-hmm. said, you know, I'll sort of say, you know, you earn this degree because, you know, and how do you start school without fucking conferring the degree? 
make this right because my mind is spinning and I'm completely sober and I don't quite understand how you have a school with no degrees. How? I don't get how they can call themselves a university. You know, it's Trump University. It's this University of Austin. It sounds legit. You know, it took me a while to figure out what was going on, but someone commented, what's the school mascot, Ben Shapiro in a cowboy hat? And I'm like, oh, now I know exactly what kind of school this is. Oh, <laughs> that so. caught me off guard. <laughs> Yep. So, um, and then someone else has the courses uh, listed, like history of the Bowling Green Massacre, um, book burning for beginners, subpoena attraction and avoidance, um, weather map editing. I like that one. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. We're talking about some kind of diploma school. But I saw a thing where um, somebody said it's in the newsletter that basically what they want is for existing college students, so people between 18 and let's make it expandable, 25, to come there, to pay money and have some kind of either in-person or online or hybrid of discussions about things you're not allowed to talk about at your college campus. Well, it's like college campuses, you can talk about just about anything, even stuff that is negative or stuff that's controversial. That's where people go to talk about these things. They bring in speakers to talk about these things. So I don't know what you all are talking about at the universities where you're not allowed to discuss whatever, but it's probably some kind of uh, fake news, you know, bullshit factory. So that's what this is. It's just um, some kind of front. It's a grift to get people to pay to come to courses or seminars or something like that where you have your confirmation bias, and you can go about your life. But there's no kind of certificate. There's no kind of degree. Um, it just sounds like it's some kind of clearinghouse for speakers and for you to pump money into it to, you know, get your get whatever it is that you want to discuss at college that you're not allowed to, like, you know, what it is to be a man. We'll get to that eventually. But it's that kind of nonsense. So this is a person who left her post as president of St. John's College in Annapolis. That's a real school. Mm -hmm. So this must be a pretty good grip. This must be pretty promising if you're going to give up um, a university president salary to go do this. The founding, one of the founders of the University of Austin, not like they have any, you know, competition within that city, <clears throat> Texas. Um, this is this is the founder's bio, writing on Substack, podcasting at the Honesty Honesty Pod. Mm-hmm. I think you have folks like Franklin Pierce. You have folks like John Harvard, who have schools named after them. You have state institutions, like I said, Florida State being one, Penn State being another all of the California universities. That's like if you and I started a school. Let's do it. Seriously. <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? You know, I'm sitting there. I, it's like the movie Accepted with Justin Long, yes. South Harbin Institute of Technology. Work out that. Work out the for yourselves, folks. But it is it's stunning that just the, the widery of all this, like 
I literally had to wipe the mayonnaise off my phone when I read this tweet. Yep. I just, folks making up schools and basically jump on Trump for, you know, Trump University. It did the same shit. <clears throat> hmm Yep. It's, if, if you want a, an idea of what you're in store for here, go ahead and look at the top or the most recent post under um, the Honestly Pod which is Barry Weiss's podcast, and see what they call Anne Frank. Um, so that's oh, that's God. where we're coming from. I know. Um, so that's what um, we're talking about. Those are the people who want to add to the discourse of this country, and that's the kind of discourse that they want to have. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we're not repeating that. Um, no. Nope. We will shift from... We'll just say it was um, anti-Semitic. Very. And leave it at that. Fucking very. Fuck those people. Now, speaking of strife and grief, we have apparently an incident between Poland and Belarus regarding migrants. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of Belarusian or Belarusian migrants walking towards the Polish border. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked last week about how the poll, the Polish government is kind of veering away to the right as far as LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. I think that they would have a similar stance towards migrants. How how do you think this ends, and should the United States say something and do something? Somebody has to do something. Um, from what I saw, a lot of these migrants are actually um, Middle Eastern migrants, like from Syria and Lebanon who came on foot to Eastern Europe and have basically been told by Belarus, keep on walking. And they got as far as the Polish border and Poles are standing there um, throwing bottles at them and yelling at them in Polish to go home or go back to Belarus or whatever it may be. Um, There's nowhere for these people to go. They're literally on foot. It's getting cold there. We're up in mountains. Yeah. I know that charities have been stepping in and trying to help, but you have an autocratic government from Belarus on the one side, a very right-leaning government in Poland on the other, and then you have these people in the center. There has to be a place for them. And I think some of them are trying to get to Germany and places where they're allowed to be, but you got, you know, as Napoleon and Hitler learned, you got to go through Poland if, you know, you're getting to Germany. So, um, that's kind of where that stands and what are people supposed to do and who's going to help them? I don't see the EU or the UN or anybody, any uh, charity running in there to help the people simply just walk this border to get through to the next place they need to go. They got to step on somebody's land to do it. If you want them to keep on walking, let them walk that Polish border, you know, give them, you know, a tent to stay in something. But yeah, I think that's just part of the liberal mindset is, to help people when we're talking about a bunch of right-wingers standing there throwing bottles at people who've been displaced by war. They're not going to help. They're not going to, they don't want them there. They don't want them to go back. They don't want them to stay. They don't want them to move forward. So what can anybody do? What can we do? It's going to have to be the EU and it's going to have to be the UN. They're, they're going to have to step in at some point and just simply allow the people, if they have to be escorted, they have to be escorted. But the Poles are sending out their military 
along this border. And the right-wingers here love it. They're like, look at Poland. Poland knows how to protect its borders. From what? Families with everything they own on their backs? Walking. Yeah, walking. And and it's going to be walking in snow here before too long. Mm -hmm. For people who are from the Middle East who aren't acclimated to that yet. I mean, for me, it is sad because these folks just trying to make a better life. Like, I always look at the right wing, no matter what country it is, and kind of with that furrowed brow and ask them, wait a minute, we all came from somewhere. We're all immigrants somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're immigrants. Not you, but they are. We came from somewhere, whether stolen, somewhere there was, we were either brought here or somehow arrived. No, you know, unless you're an indigenous person, you don't have the right to claim dominion over a country. And, I mean, Poland was, what was it, uh, Prussia before? I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing that happened. And I am afraid for the migrants because they're about to face unspeakable harm, and that that bothers me. Now, mm-hmm. what doesn't bother me is a certain senator from Missouri who is apparently become the paragon of manliness. <laughs> so Josh Hawley, he claims the left is telling man, quote, you're part of the problem, your masculinity is inherently problematic, that people are spending too much time on porn and video games. As a man, I think I can speak to this. <clears throat> now, it's not a matter of pro- problematic manliness. It's toxic masculinity. It's toxic manliness. Like, mm-hmm. there's no one definition of what a man is. That's right. Not one. It's it's not one size fits all. Apparently, uh, much like whenever this, narrow-headed bastard has to buy glasses and a long-ass head. I mean, it's not one-size-fits-all, and yet there's that Republican talking point, well, a man should be this, a man should be that, a man should be this. This is what has fucked this country up. This is, this is why, I'll be honest, many men, millions, are fucked in their head because they believe the don't cry, you know, men don't cry, men don't show feelings bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they bought into it. You know, I'm going to declare it before therapy. I kind of bought into it, too. Like, I would not correct this, but I have. But then what helped change that? Kids. My yep. kids. Like, when they do something right, I'm the first person. I'm sitting there, like, two right all the goddamn time. Like, really? This is, I, and I don't mind. But, oh, when they're sick or hurt, like, and, you know, it's part of being a parent. It's part of being a human being. It's emotion. And I think, as a you know, on a man, it's lending false credence to the men have to be robot types, and then churning out another generation of emotionally unavailable, emotionally absent men. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Very well said. I I think that was beautifully said. Um, of course he's wrong. We all know that he's wrong. One of the things that 
that really stands out to me in this. Um, they asked him in the Axios interview what his picture of an ideal man is. And he said, a man is a father, a man is a husband, a man is somebody who takes responsibility. I would bet that Josh Hawley would not apply those to queer men or trans men. Not all men are fathers. Not all men are husbands. Um, you know, that's, it kind of flies in the face of things. But that a man has to be, or for a, a man to be masculine, he must be a father. It ties back to the porn thing and to the video game thing. There's some kind of sexual hang-up in there. There's some kind of something going on that he has equated masculinity and the expression of masculinity with sexual expression, be it pornography, be it fathering children, whatever it is. And those two things are not necessarily tied together. You can be a masculine person without having children. You can be a masculine person without having any kind of sexual energy at all. There are asexual masculine people. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on here that he's kind of showing all of us and none of us ask to see it. And it has nothing to do with he's going through something and we're all having to witness it. And that's what's happening. You've seen the pictures of him kissing his wife. I'm not saying that he's gay or closeted or something, but I do think that he is in some way struggling with his own masculinity. He's looking inward in some way and maybe he's got a problem with video games. Maybe he's got a problem with porn. I don't know, but this is a kind of self-reflection. This is a, an inner something that is coming out the way that he's putting it out. And it's something we're all going to have to be witness to until his next election. I think part of it is how he decided to handle the January 6th moment when people wanted his ass gone. And he Mm -hmm. decided to double down and buy into the, I'm a tough guy and I would handle this and this. And he's trying to embolden himself with tough. If throughout the course of your life, of course, my life, anyone's life, if anyone tells you how tough they are, Chances are they have taken asshole. Yeah. They're not tough. True. They have gotten their ass kicked. It, same same logic applies to Josh Hawley in this, where he's protesting a little too much. Mm-hmm. Telling folks how big of a badass you are. I mean, and yeah. it's just, it's weird. And I think that it sets the wrong standard because now you have conservative white dudes like Ben Shapiro. Oh, my God. Speaking of Ben Shapiro, mm-hmm. the young and the arid, um, where he Every time I a, see that commercial for, with Megan Thee Stallion talking about the Popeye's chicken bites, all I can think of is Ben Shapiro watching that commercial and licking his fingers. Yeah, licking his fingers. And not, not a scintilla of saliva. All those some of the bitches there. But what's... <laughs> Bishop Harrell puts a video of himself flexing. Flexing. <laughs> oh, man. I have to go see this right now. He looks like a little kid, <laughs> like, flexing and trying to, like, roar. look like the lions roar. It's like a Simba burp. I'm like, no. No. That doesn't make you a tough guy. No. And Tucker Carlson, Bobby Huff. People like that who think they're, you know, they're they're tough guys because they're conservative, but who would cry if they had to deal with adversity? Because think about it. These guys claim how tough they are, but to hear the history of how America mistreated black folks, 
they don't want that in school. So if you're tough, how are you tough when you can't stand handling the truth? That's the shit I can't stand. And that's the shit that is will remain forever garbage. And it is trash. Now, it's funny how we mentioned schools with the University of Austin, but apparently there's a teacher in L.A. named Joshua Moreno. He came up with a uh, point system where he decided to change or help to guide the change for grades. What did you think? Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I I was a little iffy when I started it because I was like, well, you know, grades are a little weird. And um, like I did notice um, my my younger's report card came home and they do a little bit different grading system. They're on a 10 point scale. So like 90 to 100 A, 80 to, 100, 80 to 90 B. And I think that's a little bit better. And I was really kind of surprised at that. And then they also have different classes like they do career exploration and um, stuff like that. They have social skills. And it's like one of those things I think everybody would have benefited from stuff like that. But I get down to this and what he's talking to basically, or what he's talking about is he had started this before COVID and he was saying about how um, students, they, if they take more time to finish things, um, they tend to get worse grades because the time is factored into the grade. The um, quantity of work is figured in. So kids can like, binge all their stuff at the beginning of of the um, semester and they have nothing to do the second half and they still end up with an A. Um, so And he's like, this stuff doesn't work. There's no learning going on. So what he did is he created this system where um, it's about how well you improve, not how much time it takes you to do something, but were you better when you finished this than you were at the beginning? Or testing where you can take the test over again and as long as you're showing improvement, your grade will reflect that you're getting improvement. And I think that's the way things are going to have to be. But that said, um, the reason that other schools are looking into this now is because of COVID, teachers got a look inside their students' classrooms and situations. Like, you know, it's you're going to teach algebra and you're yelling at a kid who's not in front of the classroom, well, maybe they're caring for a toddler and an infant in their home while their mom works her second job. And maybe you didn't think about that's what's going on here, but all you care about is, did this get turned in on time? Is everything right? Instead of, is this kid taking time to learn? Is this kid getting better? Am I helping them work their brain muscle? Which is what I think most teachers or good teachers would want to do. And it's, I think that's where we're headed, but I think we're not going to get there very quickly. But it's a really interesting piece. Um, I don't know if it's subscriber-only, but it's in the LA Times. If anybody wants to check it out, it's well worth checking out if you can. To your point, it makes sense because a lot of kids, even when we were coming up through school, we had a lot of baggage. We had a lot of shit to carry, be it Mm -hmm. home, life, environmental, societal. Sometimes you can't get that paper in because shit's happening. And mm-hmm. this allows for that flexibility. And I think that learning is fluid. Like, mm-hmm. there are facts, there are historical facts that remain true. Declaration of Independence signed this day, the war ended on this day. But then there are also fluid things that change with a different perspective, a different look. I applaud Mr. Moreno for this. And it's one of those things that helps when we step back from break. Uh, we're going to talk about a chair. Uh, 
uh, a tragedy and who's at fault and how they fix it. But you are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast with Ben Land on the FPC radio network. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are back with the Black Tuesday Podcast with Biggs and Lens. Got to talk about Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner. First, we'll just get Kylie Jenner because she's not really important here. But Travis Scott performed a concert at Astro World. And apparently there was a crowd surge and eight people died and hundreds were injured. This is at the Astral, his, his Astral World Festival. And organizers are saying that they're, they're being criticized for not stopping the show quickly enough, even though the fans were playing for it. Now, here's the first of a couple of questions. How liable, morally, ethically, not legally, do you think Travis Scott is to these folks? That's a good question. Um, I read something um, with a guy who's an expert in this. He became an expert after studying the um, similar incident that happened at a Who concert in, I think, the 70s. Um, It's festival seating is what causes this um, and human nature. You put the two together and you get crowds that can crush you. You get trampling and stuff like that. It doesn't matter if it's open air or anything. It's just, you know, you have a, a seat to the floor and in you go and then people push forward and they, they crowd and crush each other. So this guy was saying, you know, it's very often nothing that the performer can do, but the performer has people like, you know, there are different people there when the who are playing than when Travis Scott is playing than when the Rolling Stones are playing. So they have some responsibility along with the venue, the people who are running the venue, to make sure that crowds don't push. But at the same time, like I said, it is human nature for people to push forward. So the real solution to this is to end festival seating and have an actual seat that is your seat, and that's where you are. Um, And they say that in venues where that happens, even if it's the type of music where people tend to push and crowd forward – people will stay in their spot. Um, so that's, I think, the ultimate solution to this. So I don't know how much um, culpability Travis Scott has in it, but um, I can understand why he'd feel terrible. And it's not the first time something like this happened at one of his shows, isn't it? Including it's happened a couple of times, and people ask me, well, you know, you have to feel bad for Travis Scott. Well, no, because I'm going to read the quote to you. Yeah. It says, I'm kind of angry that so many black people are acting like fake activists. 
it's like the publicity, and we're still talking about this. I'm not saying Mike Brown was an evil person. I'm not saying he was perfect either. I'm not saying he deserved to get killed, but I'm not saying that he didn't deserve to pay for the consequences he probably inflicted. That was Travis Scott on Michael Brown. There was no shot and killed by Darren Wilson in Ferguson, Missouri, 2014. Um, yeah, Travis Scott has ran his mouth for the longest time. and yet has tried to hide it. No, you're a piece of shit still. And the fact that mm-hmm. at your show, eight people died morally, ethically, this is upon you. You need mm-hmm. to, as an artist. He also, right? yeah. He he didn't finish the show. He could have stopped. It, you know, there are shots of him and the ambulance in the sh- same shot. He knew that there was an ambulance there. Why didn't he stop? But from, you know, from the quotes you're giving, he just doesn't seem to have any empathy. And I know this is a quote. Quote, and I know we're like fed up. Quote unquote with whatever's going on in culture, but at the same time, you got to stop putting yourself in the position where you're constantly having the situation go down. This is what he said about Ferguson. Mm. I, yeah, I, oof. Oof, it is. Yeah, so that man needs to have a good lawyer or have a better lawyer or have some sort of clue because he needs to say less words. Now, that's true. However, we'll end on a happy note because this is a good thing. Yes. The Eternals, one, two questions. Have you seen it? And two, they feature the first queer MCU superhero. <laughs> I haven't seen it because it's in theaters only. But uh, the the moment that it comes on Disney Plus, I will be there with my popcorn. So, did you see it? I haven't seen it yet, and I'm the same way with Disney Plus because I've been getting a lot of these Disney Plus. My son has discovered these Spider-Man cartoons in the '80s, which are so <laughs> shitty. But he likes them, <laughs> like the music, and he likes the X-Men cartoons from the '90s, which are actually they actually still hold up. But mm-hmm. he, I mean, I've been watching a lot of I've been watching a lot of Disney Plus. I'm happy for Marvel. Mm-hmm. They've done a hell of a job with inclusion. A hell of a job. I mean, they they continue to, for lack of a term, not really give a fuck about uh, bigotry and how the fans, because if you ask the average incel white dude what the worst Marvel movie is, they'll tell you Black Panther. Not because everything, but they couldn't relate the fact that a black dude from a country that doesn't exist was like high tech and whooping ass all across the world. They're still angry about that, where they ask, well, what happened to the White Panther? Motherfucker, that's Superman. Yep. They also hate uh, Captain Marvel because yep. it's a woman. Because it's a woman. And they, they're mad about Eternals because it was directed by a woman. Yep. And Captain and because Marvel Because it is. has these gay characters, though. Yep. And I'm just, I'm happy. I'm like, good. Seriously, like. Yeah. It's about time. It is. And it goes, it, is, it goes back to the source material, too, because. Um, you know, the guys that started Marvel, they wanted inclusive stuff. They wanted the stuff that DC wouldn't even look at sideways. They wanted black characters, queer characters, characters from around the world, characters from space, women. Just, you know, they wanted 
a variety of people, and they're like, you know, these people exist in the world. Why wouldn't we make stories about them? Why, why would you cut off, you know, this variety of, of humanity that we have to pick from to make a story about? And that's how we end up with stuff like this because, you know, there there was a Black Panther in the 60s on in comic books, and, you know, it's just a shame that it took this long to make a film about him. And that's the part that people don't understand. That's like, you know, it's representation. It's like, hey, you know what? That's somebody that looks like me is a hero being portrayed as a hero because all of us had to, everybody wanted to be Superman, everybody wanted to be Batman, everybody wanted to be whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to be Black Hulk because, one, he was a weirdo who wore like a leotard and was 80 degrees below zero. <laughs> Two, he would wear like a parka over the leotard when they're fighting cold weather. Three, he was just a side person that this DC just threw in there. Like, hey, here's a black superhero that no one gives a shit about. Marvel did it right. And this is why Marvel mm-hmm. will always lap DC. And maybe DC needs to sell themselves to Marvel so they can get it right. Because I don't, I don't care how many Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder cuts that the shitty movies need to be. They ain't doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that people understand. Now, how can people interact with you on social media? They can interact with me. The best place to do it is on Twitter, the Bird app, and my handle is Edenza, E-D-E-N-Z-A. It is always the the greatest thing to see and to hear what we do. It's, you know, one thing, and it's what we do. This has been another episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. The next time Rafael Cruz decides to run his pie hole about a beloved Sesame Street character, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs>